I'm going to do that over. <laughs> Mulligan for the new year. It's my one. Will I edit it out? <laughs> oh, man. You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 366 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined this week by Seth Miller and Fosma Moon. Merry, enjoyed. Merry New Year, guys! Yeah, and joined this year, in fact. <laughs> yeah, uh, how are you? How are y'all doing with the new year? Can't complain. Sure, you can open. try harder. <laughs> okay, I don't have anything to anything to complain about. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's funny because because Foz is like an optimist on the show, I think. But in real life, <laughs> he's actually a pessimist. I, I generally am an optimist in life as a whole, <laughs> just not in travel. Well, I've, I've, that's just experience talking. So given how much of your life is travel, it's hard for me to reconcile those two bits. But sure, we'll go with it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we had some follow-up uh, from a Patreon subscriber, uh, Lee, uh, when we talked about uh, the runways at DCA and using the alternate uh, runways, like 1533. Um, and he said that he's seen it pretty, pretty frequently, <clears throat> I guess, because uh, there will be a bunch of planes lined up. Uh, for one and 19 and uh, you'll hear someone ask can we get uh, 15 instead and the controllers are like sure why not (laughs) (laughs) if you can get there yeah if you can get across the runway we'll we'll do it so just interesting you know it's good to have options i guess yeah yeah i I think it's 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 a another topic uh someone posted i think it was on reddit uh this photo of two flights from louisville kentucky to uh honolulu Yes, uh, UPS seven forty sevens, and the one goes very far north. The when you look at the flight plan, it goes very far north and gets into Hawaii in like eight and a half hours. The other goes straight uh, towards Hawaii and takes nine and a half hours. Uh, and they almost left at the exact same time. And uh, we have a friend of the show who is a dispatcher, and uh, he said, "Yeah, that's what happens when you uh, get baited by uh, air traffic control and center to take the direct." Uh, routing uh, you'll have a good flight plan for fuel and uh, they'll be like well do you want direct and you're like sure i want direct and uh you end up spending an extra hour in the air so <laughs> well right i mean this was very specific to the headwinds that have been insane yeah uh the jet stream that's been pretty insane over north america recently i, I mean normally we would you we would have been talking about how this is affecting flights between new york and london not yep uh jfk in new york i feel like but uh you know a <laughs> little little less international travel these days um but yeah the the uh impact of the jet stream is kind of crazy so it was basically blowing like 140 150 knots perfectly across you know from la to, to new york city and so by taking the direct route they basically flew into that yep. for a huge chunk of their flight versus the guys that went north and around and made it much more quickly yes I mean, you know, I understand what you're saying, but normally we'll talk about this in regards to London, but this these winds are having a drastic impact on domestic operations now. Right. Well, there's, yeah, I mean, I just feel like normally when we there have been crazy winter jet stream things, it's been across the North Atlantic tracks rather than over North America, over the continent. Maybe I'm... No, I think I think you're right. Uh, in historic historically, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'd agree with that. But I think this year, the stuff that's going in domestically is kind of crazy. I don't think I've ever seen it this insane. Yeah, and, yeah, and hang on, hang on, Foz. Let's let's not, let's not you know let's not give away everything. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some transcons that have been affected in our Patreon segment of the show. So okay, we gotta we gotta we gotta tease it. Okay, that's fine. I wasn't going there. I'm just <laughs> leading up to it. 
<laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Uh, but let's let's talk about the New Year's and uh, Christmas schedule issues uh, that have been going on. I mean, I think there's just rolling cancellations still uh, to the point where airports like Seattle are still catching up with some of their their cancellations. I saw. Yeah, so there were two things that came into play. One was the weather, and the other was COVID. Right, yep. and so part of this was Omicron variant spreading more rapidly, more breakthrough cases for the vaccinated, arguably less uh, severe, but still, thanks to CDC guidance, which Delta Airlines successfully got changed. Um, right, there was there's a an obligation to self quarantine after you've tested positive before returning to work that the airlines were all adhering to, and so that was causing significant uh, significant numbers of crew to have to call out and limited availability and just like with any other time that the crew has become unavailable, um, you end up in a bad place for operations. Uh, the other half of it was the weather, right? Seattle and even Portland, you guys got like a blizzard up there, mm-hmm. crazy cold. I saw something that said Seattle has only four de-icing positions. Yep. And, you know, conservatively, if you say it takes 10 minutes to pull in, shut off the engines, get de-iced, pull out, and then the next one come in, you can do six an hour. So that's 25 planes an hour, 24 planes an hour. Um, and they are scheduled for something like 45 departures an hour. So you're guaranteed to be screwed. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, like it's simple math. Mathematically impossible. It's impossible to maintain the operations in that way. And it showed Alaska airlines canceled a ton of flights and right. was taken. And that's, and all of that is even assuming like everybody can get to the airport to work and all of those other things where when the roads get closed and you see in a blizzard, it's a problem. And Seattle is less used to that sort of weather. So, right. There's also a blizzard in Chicago on Saturday. I guess like 48 inches of snow. And that was United cut half its flights or all like all of its uh, air Wisconsin, something like that. Like they cut a ton of regionals and some main line. Wow. Preemptively. Yeah. Between American and United, there was weather in Dallas over the weekend and controller shortages in Dallas where they closed one of the towers. It's been not, not a great start to 20, not a great end to 21 and or start to 22 for uh, airlines operationally. That's for sure. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, you know, we had a, and, and California, parts of California have also gotten hit with some of this too, right? Like California um, into Nevada. Crazy rains in Southern California. Crazy right? rains and stuff. So even like you've seen some delays out of there, and those delays have then down the line impacted other flights. And so, like, here in Portland, they do all of the de icing for the most part, I think, at the gates. And it's controlled by, it's controlled by the airlines. Mm hmm. So I saw a couple of American flights go out like an hour and a half late. I think they canceled one of the DFW flights. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, and that just stuff just adds up because you just, you just can't keep, you can't, I mean, that's 150 people now stuck yeah. in, in Portland. So yeah, it's tough. Now do the airlines all have their own stuff or are they just all contracting with the same company? Uh, I think they have their own stuff. I know United has theirs and Alaska has their own operation as well. I don't know about Delta or America. It looked like American had their own people, but I, I was, I couldn't tell. Like United's are very specific because they all say Iceman and they're, they're like United employees in them. Um, and Alaska has Mr. Like, Mr. Plow. Mr. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, Alaska has their own. But, I mean, it's it's still slow moving. I mean, even on days where it's a chance of freezing, like where even on a day I flew before all this, um, they had to de-ice everybody before going out. And it just, I mean, it, had, it added an extra 40 minutes at the gate. So, you know, it's... It's, it sucks, but I just wonder how long it's going to take him to catch up because I don't. I still don't think Alaska's caught up at Seattle. Do you remember back, way back when when Continental put up the infrared de-icer at Newark? No. Yeah, there was like a 
JFK had one too. It was like a open ended in and out hangar. Yep. Where the planes were supposed to like drive through and get de-iced as they went through it, right? Really? Yes. Huh. Yeah, right. There was, I'm pretty there's one at JFK on what the what's the long runway against the bay? Four twenty two. No, the four twenty two oh. are the pay are the, it was thirty one. Three one left. Yes, it would have been three one left, thirteen right. I think it was at the thirteen right end. Um, so you would just go through it before you took off? Yeah. Yes. Huh. It, uh, Newark had sat over by the Continental Hangars. I I had never been through it. I had never seen it used. I've never seen it. I never, I never saw it used at uh, JFK either. They ended up using it as a parking place. I wonder. They, if, they took it down at Newark. I know that. Yeah. I, even if you did that, you'd still have to. Would you still also have to like do anti icing? Right, there's two halves so. of there's two halves of de-icing. Yeah, like I would think that you'd have to like get the ice removed, maybe, they, and then you just get sprayed down with some anti-ice yeah. for when you take off. I would. I would yeah, presumably it's more efficient and less like you know, it's less chemical, certainly. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, who the hell knows if this is real or if like how old the satellite picture is? But the satellite picture of JFK still shows it. Really? Over by the, FB, over by the FBOs. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. To be fair, I don't think anything larger than MD80 would fit in one. Oh, so it wasn't like a full sized. Uh, I mean, I, I can't tell from looking at this, but well, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't like a triple seven. No, no, the one at Newark. You definitely. I, I don't. It was definitely not tall enough. A seven five couldn't fit in there. Mm. Oops. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I wonder also, just you know, how if they ever got to the like, would you not and not certification, but you'd certainly have to get to the point where like the FAA agreed that it was the right level of anti icing and holdover times and all that stuff to get you out and how efficient it was versus the other things. Obviously, fewer chemicals and whatnot is a good thing, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, that's a, a, a nice nod to history there, Foss. There's even a Port Authority article for JFK from 2004. Huh. And it's a pl- it was installed at Newark in 1999. Wow. Huh. Wow. Oh, yeah, I can see it. So now on the street view, I can see it. It's just like an open-ended hangar. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I guess it's just got some radiant heat-type elements. It's like giant into infrared it. heaters like you get for outdoor dining. Yeah. Huh. Or whatever. But, like, you know, the big ones beaming, you know, to try to melt airplanes. Or yeah. melt snow on airplanes. <laughs> Not the don't, airplane melt, don't melt the airplane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That, that's interesting to me the weather stuff obviously like it happens and how did the airline recover and you know you assume that some passengers just cancel and stay home but you've got other people right like getting told that your christmas eve or new year's eve flight got canceled sucks yeah right like how do you how does the person recover from that and do you just stay do you have like are you trying to get home um it's just you know sort of big and you know there's plenty of big events that are different than just those major holidays but you know it's certainly is a sucky situation but I, I feel like I'm a little more interested in the way the uh, the staffing issues are being affected by Omicron and the fact that Delta and then JetBlue got I'll say super aggressive. They got went, went public uh, requesting C2C to change its rules. And then, like, miraculously, the science said, oh, yeah, no, you're right. That, that does work. Cool. Go do it. Mm. Um, even though at the time, only about half of the cases in the U.S. were Omicron variant, which is what they were basing the new policies on. Like, I don't know. There, there's some interesting bits there. Um, I also saw well two other things. I know JetBlue has proactively been canceling a bunch of flights over this week and next, like through the 13th, to try to about 80 to 90 a day on average hmm. to try to reduce its, because it can't staff them, basically, try to reduce its uh, day of travel interruptions they're choosing to go out in advance. But it's also looking out into February. Uh, they're rebuilding their schedule for February. And altering it is the word they're using, but presume that means cutting uh, to allow for 
uh, the fact and in the message to crew, it was basically based on because Omicron is still spreading, demand has dropped again. So it's another setback. Huh. So I I wonder, like, with the staffing issues, right, as these people, as the employees recover, do you think people will... Uh, be more open to this change? I mean, because it seems like everything I've seen on Twitter from flight attendants and stuff is is not very positive. Um, that this is, you know, not a good change and that they're not uh, being removed from uh, danger or a- away from other people for long enough. I mean, I, yes, there are definitely objections from crew. Um, yep. And I certainly understand those concerns. I'd rather not have a flight attendant who Oh no! Totally. As of a couple days ago, um, and might still be transmit, uh, you know, whatever shedding virus, but making it more communicable. Yeah. Um, even with the masks. So, uh, yeah, that's it's a little worrisome. I, there was an interesting statistic I saw. Someone mentioned to me Delta's cancellations were almost all mainline the mm-hmm. other day, whereas regionals were doing fine, and they were blaming it on various different things but that like you know staffing and virus and whatever but someone sort of made the point of if it's you know why are you know our mainline pilots getting the virus more or is it really a staffing numbers issue and there just aren't enough pilots and not enough reserves because they've the buyouts and what retirements and whatever else they're running the schedule too thin so they don't have enough well, pilots yeah. on you know on contract ready to call back in I mean, I, th- I was reading earlier that united um is tripling any uh, pay for any pilots that pick up trips in january yeah, right. Americans sort of did that for the Christmas season. JetBlue did a bonus, 100% bonus for a few days between Christmas and New Year's. There's, we talked about this on an episode a little, a couple weeks back, and we were sort of like, yeah, good, pay them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the, I guess the good thing is we're going to historically quiet time for travel, right? After Monday or Tuesday, things should taper off for the next two months. Yeah. Is, uh, is CES still happening? Yes, but they're canceling just the last day. Just, and it, just the last day. <laughs> okay. Well, well, a number of uh, a whole bunch uh, of big companies pulled out. Yeah, yeah a number uh, of companies said they're not showing up. So um, the show's still going to happen, but not everyone's going to show up. I got you. Okay. Yeah, and they're not like right in in the olden you know in the before times you'd have the great stories of special flights happening from all the crazy different places to bring people in, and like I didn't see any of those releases this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering because that's kind of like the big travel conference of the next couple of months. So yeah, interesting. The biggest conference in Las Vegas, which is saying something. So, yep. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, Etihad, a fleet update. So they they've sold four A380s. They're keeping six for now, um, and then they're getting rid of all their A320s. And who are they going to? Air Arabia Abu Dhabi. I did not know this was a carrier. <laughs> um, it's a think of it as the equivalent of Fly Dubai to Emirates. Oh, okay. It's like a low cost. Yeah, so it's the Air Arabia is a low cost carrier um, based out of Sharjah, uh, which is in uh, n- north, I think. Um, but then there's now the Abu Dhabi arm of it, which is further south, and one of the, Sharjah is one of the seven Emirates. Gotcha. Um, that makes up the UAE, and so uh, yeah, and Sharjah is the airport. Um, it might not be the name of the Emirates, so I might be. No, Sharjah is the place. Okay, it is also the Emirate name. Um, yeah, but they've uh, so Air Arabia's got a bunch of different hubs, and they're you know slowly been growing uh, operations. But they basically Etihad brought them in to run uh, a sort of uh, single aisle LCC out of Abu Dhabi, and it in many ways makes sense to consolidate everything over to that operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my perspective, I mean, I flew I actually flew Etihad A three twenty one from Istanbul to 
Abu Dhabi a couple of weeks ago when I went to the Dubai Air Show. Yeah. Um, it's nice enough. Nothing special. Yeah. Big old, coach? No, I was in business class. It was a big old, like, lazy boy recliner style. Okay. But I think only two rows, right? I mean, it's not a not a huge cabin. It's The meal was fine, but nothing special. I think there was a screen, but maybe not. Maybe I was hmm. supposed to stream. I don't know. It, it, it was a, I was also exhausted, but um, and moderately incoherent on the flight, but a whole lot of nothing special in my mind. So um, I, I, I certainly understand separating out and delineating between long haul and regional travel at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, so they're going to get rid of these A320s. Are they going to keep the 321s like the one you flew on? I think the whole 320 family Everything. is moving. Yeah. And it's as it was explained, uh, the crew are either going over with or going away. <laughs> so not, not a whole lot of uh, employee protection in the region, if you will. Yeah, that's a that's a shock, I'm sure, for the, those crew members. Right? Yeah, it's very, very different. I would assume different work rules, different pay scales, different lots of things. Yeah, yeah. So. Wild, um, yeah. but the A380 is going. I mean, it's a big deal because Etihad. I, I think people really liked Etihad's F on the A380. Otherwise, was it's kind of a mediocre. The apartments, right? Yeah, the apartments. Yeah, the, yeah, the residents and the apartments. Yeah. So I, it's nice to see that they'll be sticking around a little longer. I, I really do think that those aren't still aren't very long for the world, given the. Uh, I think they've settled on the 350s as their fleet of the future for what's coming next in terms of. Uh, They've got a big outstanding order, and that's what they were centering mm. uh, the next generation on. But, uh, yeah, it's been a well, – let's just say they spent a lot of money investing in airlines that didn't return very well. So eventually, <laughs> eventually you got to stop burning the cash. Yeah. Um, how long do you think they, they, they keep those around? I mean, I would say it's probably until they can kind of figure out what's going to happen with COVID. And if it doesn't look like some of their more lucrative routes for the A380 uh, are going to recover, then they're just going to get rid of them. Yeah, and I would say it's a few years. Yeah. So, I mean, just even with only six planes to replace that capacity and figure out what's going to go on. And, you know, the other planes that may be moving around uh, will have to be. Uh, and you got to wait for. Del- I'm not sure what the delivery timing was from Airbus. I'm not sure when the 350s were due in. So. Gotcha. Uh, probably not great. Um, new planes. The Irkut. <coughs> Excuse me. You. Yeah, sorry. Irkut uh, MCU 21300. Uh, it's a Russian new, uh, I'd say, mainline single aisle jet has now been certified by Russia. Can you go fly on them? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's the max, but in Russia. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sorry, just one other thing to mention. Oh, uh, sorry. That's okay. I just forgot. Eddie Hyde also has a bunch of 787s that they're still keeping as far as I can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but the 320s family is moving on, I believe. Um, yeah, so the, the MC-21, cool that it got certified. Um, it was at the Dubai Air Show. I didn't get to see it. I'm pretty pissed about that. Um, but I do wonder, is this going to be like the SSJ, where like certifications are few and far between? Mm. And I don't think they even tried to get FAA certification for it. You don't think the company will try and get... I mean, I don't SSJ, think... I'm pretty sure they didn't, so... Yeah. Um, how, does that, how does that work, though? Like, so there were Mexican carriers flying it, but in Mexico, but they only need to be certified by the place where the carrier is registering the plane. I believe so. Even though they're going to fly to the United States. They didn't. I thought they did. I, did thought, Inter- I thought I thought Interjet had some. Maybe I'm wrong. Interjet had them. I don't remember them. Bring, did, did they bring them to the U.S., though? Yeah. I need. A, well, now we got to go back and look at your data. Yeah. And I don't have aircraft type. Oh, dang it. Easily. But um. Maybe they did. Um, I, I thought there was something about the way they were certified um, mm. that was funky. But yeah. um, there's also like, there are sort of, there's some reciprocity. Well, 
there's in theory some reciprocity between I guess it's implicit reciprocity, not formal reciprocity between like the US and Europe, where you, don't, you know, if you get one, you generally don't have to fully recertify the the other. But I'm not sure if that's applies how that applies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's not it's not truly one, and then everything else just rubber stamps. But I think it was close at one point. But especially these days with like what we've seen with the Max, sort of going back to that conversation, and uh, once it was certified, like and then recertified uh, in the last couple of years, there's been some holdouts to making that return to service smooth. Yeah. So. They did. Interjet did fly the SSJ to Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay. So then there must've, must've been, I thought there was something about it that I thought like they avoided some certifications, but yeah. So, I mean, but to, to your point though, right. If there's still, I'm sure that same kind of avoidance is going to take place for the air cut. Yeah. MC 20, just cause I doubt there's any American buyers for that airplane. That's my cut. And maybe I was thinking of the ARJ also. Mm, Yeah. Because, yeah, the Sukhoi does have, uh, did have the ES certification, but the ARJ is the fake MD-80. I got you. Okay. um, That was built by Comac in China. And I'm pretty sure, like, only China and Mongolia have certified it so far. (laughs) Uh, A weird airplane. Yeah, it's, it, it is. I've seen photos. I'm just like, ah, what's the point of this? Anyway. Um, it got me to go to Chengdu, so that was a win. <laughs> uh, so do you think then with this this airplane, is it going to be the same type of customers we've seen before where it's you know kind of low-cost carriers spread across more uh, low-cost countries or countries trying to conserve ash or things like that? What, what's your take? Because it's a bigger plane. It's, it is a bigger plane, right? It's supposed to compete with the 737 and the A320. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I Who's going to buy it? I mean, Iran Air Tours invested in the SSJ, so there's a hint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, th- there's also been some interesting, like, they, there's the new Russian engine, um, which hasn't been certified yet, but it's they're hoping to get that uh, now next year, 2023, at some point. Um so yeah, there's uh that's on sorry, that's on the MC twenty one. Yeah. There's uh I don't know, there's some challenges in terms of like embargoes and things like that and exports in terms of who can operate what and like are they using Western components or not. So mm. that adds to some complexity uh in terms of building and delivering the planes. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I'm looking at who has purchased or has orders almost all Russian carriers for the most part. Um, and then Azerbaijan Airlines. And then there's letters of intention signed by Merpati Nusantra Airlines out of Indonesia. Nusantara Airlines. Um, the airline you've never heard of that definitely needs a bunch of random airplanes. Yes, 10 plus is what they've ordered. Ooh. Uh, and then there's like some status of ability of buying, which I don't understand what that means. Like what? They have money? Um, <laughs> they have credit. Uh, <laughs> they have credit uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it, they list like Air Tanzania, Syrian Air, Turkish Airlines, Skylink Airways out of South Africa. Highly doubt that. Air Tanzania then, is almost certainly a no given their A220. Exactly. Position. Syrian Air. I, I don't know Syrian Air if it still exists right now. Um, and then Turkish. Eh. And then Bolivia. Bolivia is the most realistic out of all those. And the Belarusian Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, they can't fly to Europe, but anywhere else in Europe. But other than that, it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's a bunch of canceled orders from Cairo Aviation, Beck Air, and Peruvian Airlines canceled their orders. So, well then. Yeah. I, you know, there was a some there's a story going around like, will this disrupt the duopoly of Boeing and Airbus? No. 
There. End of discussion. <laughs> World's shortest news story. Steven just wrote it. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be serious, right? Like this again, it comes down to it's it's an it's a carrier or a jet maker that, you know, they have some history in making commercial jets. Yeah. But for the most part, they've made military planes. Yeah. Um, I mean, so if you say this has no chance, does the the Comac C919 and 929 have a chance though out of China? I I'd say this has a better chance. Really? Yeah. I, well, who knows? <laughs> well, so, tra- my, my, no, go ahead. I think I think the Chinese government will force airlines to buy it. Right. <laughs> so absolutely 100%, right? So remember like a, the Max still isn't, even though they sort of started the process of recertifying it in China, the Max still isn't recertified. And the other part of that, though, is the Chinese government announces orders for airlines in China. Airlines don't. And so the government will announce, we are buying 75 ARJ-21s, 25 of them will go to this airline, 25 will go to this airline, 25 will go to this airline. That was the last order as it was announced, right? Yeah. So, um, which reminds me, speaking of, one of the, fir- the first I think, non-Chinese carrier, ARJ, is painted and delivered finally. Um, oh, I seem to remember that's scrolling past my Twitter feed over the last couple of weeks, but uh, right. So, but in China, like if the, once the planes sort of work and are usable and are the right size and shape, like and are certified, why wouldn't the government say yes? We are buying three hundred of them, and then we're going to replace our domestic seven thirty sevens and A three twenties. Yeah, right. That's, so who, that's care, good, who cares? Who cares that uh, Boeing has a finishing plant in Tianjin and or Airbus has a FAL in Tianjin? Like that's cool, but we're still going to like. We're glad that they made those investments and that got us through a couple decades ago. But going forward, we're less keen on that. Yeah. It would not surprise me. But they would still need approval to fly to other countries, presumably. Sure. But domestic air travel in China is very, very close to being bigger than in the United States. Uh, well, you know, right? They were on the, well on their way to getting there. And even, I mean, with COVID in 2020, they actually were just because they kept operating more flights. And their recovery now is sort of all over the place. But uh, they, they're, China's going to pass the U.S. within the next decade. And that's a lot of planes. Yeah. And single aisle and twin aisle, right? I mean, the 929 is a bigger plane. It's sort of like a 330 knockoff or a 7, you know, 67 knockoff, I think. So I didn't realize I didn't realize that GE Capital Aviation Services has bought 10 firm orders of, of the new C919. Sure, why not? I mean, I guess maybe they can lease them in China. In China, yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, also, small price to pay to, make, to keep access to the country yeah. initially. And, you know, it could be like a boat. Uh, a United boom supersonic order yeah. pending certification and, 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 and sure. We'll take a few. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's a CFM engine, right? Right. Elite. So, yeah. So right. When you're negotiating with the Chinese government to buy your engine, maybe, maybe you'd agree to have your other half of your company, maybe buy a few. Yeah. 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 Small price to pay. Like literally they could write it off as marketing costs. I mean, I will say this. I think the Chinese jet looks better than the Russian jet. Personal opinion. I don't know what it is about the Russian jet. It's got like raccoon masks around the windshield. Like what looks better? I mean, there's something a bit weird about the nose of the Russian jet. It's something about I I don't know. Maybe it's Yakolev, one of the makers of it. They have like a very distinctive nose, and it's not very attractive. It, it, I don't know. Whereas the C919 kind of looks like a 787 on the front. Like the nose kind of looks 787 ish, um, while the wingtips look A33900 ish. yeah. Anyway, I'm, I, I look at these things. It's I'm weird. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking happen. at it. It's a little stubby. The MC21. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else it reminds me. The of. windshield looks steep to me. Yeah, like it, the windshield looks too vertical. Yeah, that's that's probably what it is. It's like it makes the nose look stubby because it is so steep. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's like Airways. Air, why does Airways call it a, a wide body? <laughs> anyway, no um, Airways magazine just sold. Oh, they did. Yeah, a new publisher company. Um, Foz, any comments on these jets? 
not like I'm going to see them anytime in my future. So not really. I have a feeling like I'm just banned from Twitter or banned from China based on my Twitter, my tweets. So I should probably just avoid that country at some point in the future. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll get lucky. Um, what else we got here? Lucky, like in our friend who's on a list that's not supposed to go there. Lucky. <laughs> no, like maybe I can go back. I just, I just feel like there's like that report that came out that like China's been reading people's tweets and compiling databases of you know who's not allowed in. What a surprise! Uh, yeah. So the Max, the 737 Max, is now back in Indonesia. So it's among the countries that have approved uh, return to service based on getting it inspected and fixed and whatever. Is anyone flying it there? The first one that had been parked uh, is now moving over to be to maintenance. Okay, is it right, to get, right? They have to get the retrofit and stuff. So yeah, who's who's the who's the operator? That's a good question. I'm trying to remember who would operate a Max out of there. Is it Garuda? Well, I mean Lion Air, but yeah, uh, yeah Lion Air. No, no need, no need for snark. Okay, that's the significance <laughs> of this. Is that was one of the crash countries? That, that is, that is, that is very true. Yes. Um, I, I, I saw again. It scrolled past the other day, and I didn't pay enough attention. So gotcha. I'm sorry. That's no, okay. Um, I mean, because I know Garuda does operate quite a few, um, or did had some. So yeah, I mean, at this point, there's also a whole lot of questions about who is. Uh, like what are, what are these countries and what are these airlines still exist and what are they going to be? Yeah. That part of Southeast Asia in particular has been very, very shut down and turned to travel and a lot of the operations there were international. Yeah. So uh, even the domestic stuff was shut down, but especially the international stuff, like just like nothing. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's kind of wild. And then for for Foz, because he loves engines so much, the Pratt & Whitney 777 AD is out. And this is the a directive right from uh, the FAA, I think, puts these out. Yep. And uh, it's a directive on the Pratt & Whitney engines because they go boom um, inadvertently. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> uh, and this goes back to the – there was a United flight, right, that had – Issues. The United flight out of Denver. It was on its way to Hawaii. Yep. Um, and that was like the third time in two years that a plane of that uh, of that model and those engines had had a a, a failure. Yeah. So that's not great. And do we know like what the AD says? Like, just they is it a stoppage on that airplane flying, or is no, there... no? It's it's so the it's an airworthiness directive. It's how to fix it, basically okay. guidance. Okay. And so it's. Uh, repairs it's inspections um there's going to be some redesign of the cowl inlet and things like that and then i want to say they've got like a five to seven year horizon to get all the changes made which is kind of crazy to think that these planes are going to be around that much longer that none of them are young yeah um but given the way things are converting to cargo although these would be bad candidates for that or most of these are bad candidates for that because they don't have the reinforced floors but yeah I mean, but we've seen, you know, depending on what what's on the horizon, some of these airlines might keep on, hold on to these planes rather than getting new ones. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, Northwest and Delta have proven to us over time that as long as you maintain them, you can keep flying them. Yeah. I mean, it's $7 million, so. <laughs> <laughs> you put, you park a few for parts and you just start picking them apart like Arian yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Arian did it with brand new 787s. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't do that part. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's really all the topics we got. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some I guess 
interesting flight patterns and transcons that are happening right now with these wins that we mentioned earlier in the for our Patreon subscribers. So stick around for that. Uh, but yeah, till next time, happy travels and thanks for listening and happy new year. Take care.